Every praise is to our God. Thank you, Jesus. Every praise is to our God. We will now have our scripture reading. The Old Testament comes from Psalm 16. The New Testament, John 20, 19 through 31. Psalms. Keep me safe, my God, for in you I take refuge. I say to the Lord, you are my God. Apart from you, I have no good thing. I say of the holy people who are in the land. They are the noble ones in whom is all my delight. Those who run after other gods will suffer more and more. I will not pour out libations of blood to such gods or take up their names on my lips. Lord, you alone are my portion and my cup. You make my lot secure. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. I will praise the Lord who counsels me. Even at night, my heart instructs me. I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will rest secure because you will not abandon me to the rim of the dead, nor will you let your faithful one see decay. You make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Amen. John 20, 19 through 31. On the evening of the first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for the fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you believe or if you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Jesus appears to Thomas. Now Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the 12, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hands in his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. See my hand. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, my Lord, my God. Then Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. The purpose of John's gospel, Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus 
is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. We will now have our sermon by our pastor, Pastor Roger Hobson. Good morning. Good morning. Let us pray. Almighty God, on this blessed second Sunday of Easter, thank you for collecting your people together. Help us, O oh God, to receive your word, to believe it, to live it out, and to make this world we live in a better place. Surround us with your love, O oh God, and may the words that I speak bring you praise and never, never shame. Enlighten our minds, soften our hearts, unite us that we might be armor bearers for kingdom building. In Jesus' name, amen. Sermon for this blessed morning is a legacy of faith. A legacy of faith. Uh, Sister Mayor read the scripture for us this morning. And it talked about the disciples who were in a room locked up. Their lives had changed. Uh, they'd seen the master crucified and they were locked up because they were fearful of the Roman authorities. Kind of seems like some of us now, doesn't it? We're, we're locked up, worried about the situation and we ought to be. Some of the disciples believed that Jesus was back and some didn't. Thomas was the doubter. He just couldn't believe it. He said, unless I see the, just touched it, the scars and put my hands in the in the hose, then I, I just won't believe that. Sometimes we get so accustomed to what we believe, not what the Bible says, not what the gospel says, but what we believe. We get so accustomed to that, it becomes our own reference of scripture, our own uh, shaping of the Bible, our own shaping of our own humanity, our own Christian beliefs, not based on what was written in the sacred word, but what's written in the secular word. The older I get, the more I find myself looking back, and, and I'm glad I'm able to look back and remember. Though like, I think more about when I was a child, when times were simple, life was easy. One particular Saturday, I went downtown, and my favorite place to go uh, was Ben Franklin's uh, 10, 5 and 10, and just the smell of the peanuts and the candy and all the toys and all the stuff at Ben Franklin, it was just so amazing. So I went into big Ben Franklin's this particular Saturday and the store owner said, all those under 12 move over to the left. And we moved over there and he said, anybody who can tell me 50 coins that equal a dollar, I will give you five silver dollars. And off the top of my head, I said 40 pennies, eight nickels, two dimes. And I, I was in shock, the whole store was in shock, and I won $5. But there was a policeman in the store there with his son, who was, a son was brilliant. And the son evidently panicked and didn't try to think and didn't, didn't win, and, and the policeman was so angry at me for winning and so angry at his son for not thinking fast enough. And later on, I discovered that the policeman was extremely racist and it was the time that we were talking about integrating schools and he just didn't believe 
the black kids were smart enough to even go to school. It's his belief system said that I was inferior. His belief system said, I can't, this child should not have won, should not have won this contest. No, but this, that was the way it was with, with Thomas the Doubter. His belief system was he didn't know much about uh, kingdom building, didn't know much about heaven. He didn't know about being, much about being raised from the dead. It wasn't something that had happened ordinarily. So in his own belief system, he's saying, I don't believe any of this stuff. I like the door being locked. I like, I like moving back to the normal. And, and, and let's go back to fishing or whatever we used to do. But when Jesus comes in and he sees him and Jesus expresses himself and he says, yes, master, I now believe. But the master said something that was so, so powerful and so important. Now he said, but those other, others haven't touched, didn't, didn't see the hose, didn't ask the field, feel me, and they still believe. And that's what a legacy of faith gives us. To believe, to believe even though we don't see it sometimes, to believe what God says, to believe that, that, that the sacred is greater than the secular, and to believe that stuff, people are worth more and have more value than stuff. The journey that we own from the cradle to the grave, we don't know how long we're gonna live. We don't know if we'll be in the number of, of, of this epidemic. We don't know that. But what we do know and what we do trust is that we have a legacy of faith that connects all of us to one another. We have a legacy of faith that says the church is greater than the building uh, on Macklemore. We have a legacy of faith that says the church is each one of us calling and checking on one another. We have a legacy of faith that says all the stories and all the things that have been shared, all the hopes and dreams, all the weddings, all the, all the funerals that have happen in our building, a part of our memory banks. And it says to us, our legacy of faith pushes us into a world greater than anything we've ever known. And the way we handle our faith is to believe and to believe and to believe God, I believe your word, I trust your word. No matter what the world says, no matter what this epidemic, epidemic says, no matter what uh, China says, no matter what our president says, we believe your word. And as we believe your word, Lord, we accept, we accept you. We accept what you tell us about how to live our lives. And more important than anything, and you've heard me say it time and time again, we live our lives grounded and grounded and grounded in love and how we treat one another, how we care for one another, how we love one another, how we're able to forgive and forget, how we're able to move on, to laugh together, to cry together and to embrace God's awesome future. I trust that 100 years from now, the world's going to be still going on, if that's God's desire. I trust that 1,000 years from now, God's got this thing. But as the world focuses on us as Christian folk, what's the lesson for us? What do we do? First and foremost, they see us loving our kids beyond belief. They see us loving our spouses. They see us loving our kingdom and loving our community. How do we do that? We do that by embracing one another, by knowing our neighbors. We do that by knowing the mailman, by knowing the people who pick up our trash. We say even in the midst of this craziness and all the crazy stuff that's on Fox News or on the liberal side or, or, the, or, or the conservative side, whatever's on the news, at the end of the day, God is still in control. And at the end of the day, our power and what we need comes from God. 
Yeah, that, that policeman uh, that day that I won the five bucks learned a valuable lesson. That sometimes what your even your own ancestors tell you about other folk ain't wasn't necessarily so. And you can choose to do one of thing one or two things in relationships with people. You can you can form an opinion based on what somebody tells you, or you can get out there in God's kingdom and get to know folk. And then at the end of the day, skin color gender, money, power, at the end of the day, those things don't matter so much with God as what is in a man or woman's heart. Those things don't matter so much as how we treat one another and how we love and how we respect one another. How do we show our love? We show our love by being able to embrace all of God's creation and accept, and accept one another as we are. We can't fix anybody. We can't reshape anybody. And we certainly can't, can't can't strip somebody and make them a blank slate. We're, we're a collection of human beings who have had experiences that enrich us sometimes, but sometimes the experiences we have just drain us. Every one of us, every one of you who's able to hear my voice today, no matter how wonderful your childhood it has been, you've got some scar tissue of, of, of something that was hurtful when you were growing up. That's just life. No matter how good life might be, you're going to have some pain in your life. No matter how many roses you have on a bush, they're going to be some thorns. But at the end of the day, what sustains us is the love that comes shining through from God's own people. It, songs are important. Preaching is important. A lot of stuff is important. But nothing is more important than the relationships that you and I build, the legacy of faith. We trust. We trust God. We believe then that, that, that next year is going to be better. The next year is going to be better. But while we're believing, we're working to make it a better way of life. We're doing all we can do for the kingdom, all we can do for God. They uh, interviewed a, a nurse who traveled probably a thousand miles to, uh, to go to New York to help with the epidemic. And uh, what she said to the folk was, I'm not a martyr. I'm not a saint. And I'm scared as hell. But you know, God called me. God called me to serve. And I'm going to do that. So then I drove to uh, Indianapolis to, to uh, meet one of her childhood heroes. Uh, Maurice McCracken was the one uh, Presbyterian minister, a white guy, who came to Tent City in Somerville, Tennessee, came to Tent City to be in solidarity with the people who got thrown off, off their farms. And I said to him, I said, Dr. McCracken, you were a prosperous Presbyterian minister. You had everything going for you. You could have just gone to the top and been somebody especially important. Why in the heck did you risk your life coming down to Brownsville, Tennessee to help poor farmers? And he said, God called me to do it. And when God calls you, you need to go. God called me to do that. So what's God calling you to do today? What's God calling us to do? How's God calling us to serve? But I tell you, when we're serving, we don't have time to worry about anything else. I looked around Dr. McGregor's uh, little three-room apartment, wall-to-wall -wall books, uh, stories and, that he'd written, uh, paper he'd kept, not a television, a little beat up radio, a bed, and a couch. 
he spent most of his life giving it his stuff away so he could king, build his kingdom and build a legacy of faith. And he told us, I don't mean to rush you, but I've got to go to uh, another rally. And at the time, the Berlin Wall, uh, Pentagon, he said, if the Pentagon, wall, if, if the Berlin Wall can come down, the Pentagon Wall can come down. We don't need to study war no more. Even in his 80s, he's still on the, he was still on the battlefield wanting to do what God called him to do. So if you trust God and have a legacy of faith, then even in the midst of all this stuff, you're happy and joyful in knowing that it's going to get better. I can't promise you when this is going to get better. I don't have any clue, but I can promise you that it will get better. And I can promise you that while it's getting better, your, your grandchildren are still worth playing with, spouses are still worth talking to, and your friends are still worthy of being loved. While all this is happening, we don't have to stop our living. While all this is happening, we don't have to just worry about dying. Live until we die. There's a saying that sometimes you too, we're so earth, uh, heavenly minded that we know earthly good. When God finds us, let him find us working for the kingdom building and making a radical difference. You chose to get up this morning and do church in a different way because it's important to you. You chose this because you're part of the family of God and you miss being a part of the family of God. You chose this because you and we need one another. And when we know that we need one another, it makes a radical, radical difference. Uh, Dolly Parton sang a song written by uh, uh, a, a powerful United Methodist songwriter and singer, uh, Carl Perkins. It's called Seven Gold and it songs that Seven Gold might buy you a home but things of this world, they don't last long. Time has a way of making us old, and time can be bought back with silver and gold. So I did not believe that, that, that normal folk live to be 70. If I live to November 24th, I'll be 70 years old. That's, that is, I, will be, I will be an old man, an old man. But I can choose to be an old man sitting on the porch in the rocking chair. I can choose to keep doing what God has called us to do. So what, what, what is God calling us to do? Even if you don't have an answer to that, you can at least say God is calling us to love beyond any expectations. God is calling us not to judge, uh, at least we be judged. God is calling us to be the church. Now, what does that mean? Four walls, no. Was it music, no. Uh, preaching, just, I don't know. It means that we gather together for fellowship, for faith building and we gather together to love one another. And when things are hard and chips are down, we know that we stand on the shoulders of giant men and women uh, who made it better for us. The names of the people who've been worthy for us, names of the people who made us and shaped us in Sunday school teaching and preaching and, and, and passed as pastors as, as mentors and friends in the church. Those would be, those are the people who made us, who shaped us. And, and, and we have a legacy, a legacy of faith. We choose to be where we are this morning. We choose to love God. We choose to love one another. And we choose to be responsive to the needs of this broken world. We will not let any child starve to death. We will not let anybody go without a roof over their head. We will not let anybody be homeless. We will not let anybody be abused or broken by the system. We are in this thing for, for the long haul. 
we don't get tired or worn out. We just stay on the battlefield. Remember the old song? My mother, she was a soldier. She held a hand on the gospel plow. She got, oh, she couldn't fight anymore, but she said, I'll stay here and fight anyhow. What is your response to God this morning? What do you say to the master? Lord, there's so much going on, but I trust and believe this world is still worth living in. Lord, I still trust and believe this world is still worth working in. Lord, I still believe that you are worthy. Jesus said to them, I leave you the Holy Spirit. You have been anointed by God. You've been touched by the Holy Spirit. Act like it. Remember the color purple when uh, oh, Mr. said, uh, boy, you said at the head of your own table and you're acting like the waiter. Uh, sometimes we are sitting at the head of our own dinner table as Christians and we're acting like waiters. The Lord is saying to us, act like you are king or queen, son and daughters of a living Lord. Act like you got power. And when the Holy Spirit comes, you got power. You get power to raise the dead. You got power to heal the sick. You got power to change the world. Let's act like we have power. Show people that we have power, that we are the people who are powerful, and we ain't gonna let the devil stop us. We're not gonna let evil stop us. We're not gonna let hatred stop us. We're gonna claim the victory in Jesus' name. We're gonna say we have a legacy of faith. We can name the ancestors who made us who we are. And above all, we have our eye on the cross. We're gonna raise our hands and say, Lord, keep me near the cross. Lord, let me keep doing what you would have me to do. Lord, help me to be the person you want me to be. And it makes a difference. Where's God calling you this morning? And what will you do this morning? As we leave here, uh, we will just be consumed and worried about whether or not there'll be a, enough pork and beans on the, on the shelf, enough milk and bread. But we make sure that when we get stuff for ourselves, there'll be something for the for those who aren't able to go to the store themselves, for the elderly, for the poor, for the broken. What will be our goal for this week? Will we just be sheltered in, terrified? Or will we, they find us rejoicing on the phone, rejoicing by writing letters, by texting or whatever, just to tell people that the kingdom is real and we're here, Lord. And like Thomas, we have seen the scars, we've seen the hose, we've seen the pain, but we also have seen a risen Lord who said, he wasn't, didn't come back cursing the Roman soldiers, didn't come back cursing the world. He came back saying, I give you power. In my name, you can do all these things, not in the name of any particular denomination, not in the name of any group of people, but in my name, you can raise the dead, you can heal the sick, you can make a difference in this world, hallelujah. Thanks be to God. Amen, amen, and amen. Amen. Let us pray. And now, Father, you have your children gathered today. So many worries, oh Lord, but these, you know that we're people of faith. We're not perfect. But under the sound of my voice, if you just count the years of oh God and number of ages and those who have been faithful and with you on your kingdom building, we give thanks, oh Lord, and we ask that you take our worries away, touch our hearts, give us peace of mind, give us 
the strength we need and ease, ease our consciousness by night and day, oh God. As the storm rages outside, help us to hear peace be still. As we are concerned about living and dying, Lord, help us to live faithfully. Take care of our children, oh God. Take care of this world as we get numbers of people who are dying. Help them to realize that you've got a kingdom for all of us. And while we're kingdom building, we're also trying to help people to live. And oh God, and as we travel to get the necessary provisions that we need, keep us safe and keep us careful and make us smart, Lord. And above all, help us to keep checking and loving and caring for one another. Touch all of us who aren't able to talk about the hurts and, and, the, and the scars and what the doctor said lately, or all the things that we just don't want to utter. You know what's in our hearts, oh God. You know what we need. So by night and day, touch us in a magnificent way. Heal us, oh God, and heal your land. And let us hear a word from you. You ask, well, who will go for us and help us to say, send me. And it's in your holy name we pray. Amen, amen, and amen.